Hello and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. The waters in the mortgage industry can be pretty muddy. Whether it's investing, leasing, renting, home insurance, or myths and misconceptions, Welcome Home Radio has the answers for you, the consumer. And now, to help you make the right home buying decision for you and your family, here are your hosts. And welcome to Welcome Home Radio, where real estate lending and learning come together. We are back for 2022. And it is April 27th, 2022. Changes that we are, we're not live anymore. We are doing a video podcast and you can find us at welcomehomeradio.net. With the real estate market booming, inflation increasing, recession on the horizon, are you concerned about the right issues? Can your title really be stolen on your home? Or is this just a marketing ploy to sell services, to sell different agendas? We want to welcome to the show today one of our key sponsors, Fidelity National Title and Jeff Duffy, along with Jonathan Gitlin, and of course, my co-host, Alan Pace. Guys, welcome so much. I'm sure you'll join us here. There we are. Hey, guys, thank you for joining us today. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. I'm looking forward to this show. What a great topic. You and me, partner, because again, I think... Every time, no matter whether I do a cash out refi, whether I do a purchase, a refinance or any type of loan, people always are asking, what is this title thing and why aren't we balanced? Why can't you give me an accurate number? Why can't you know all of these things before the closing? And so help us start out. What is really the difference between a lender's and an owner's title policy? just so that our listening audience can understand that before we go in depth into uh, the show and talk about other, some other key things. Can you help us understand that, please? Well, as far as the lender's policy is concerned, so yes, there's always two policies issued when a lender is involved. And that policy for the lender basically works in their favor to protect them in case of default. There are protections that lenders, just like banks put into place, they're, in case there is default on any kind of account, in this case, a mortgage account, purchasing a property, it's something that protects them from uh, a full aspect of loss if you were just to buy a property and then walk away and never make another payment. Uh, that's that protection for the lender's uh, policy. Whereas you, as a buyer, you have just purchased your property. You now have interest in property. As long as you have interest in that property, your policy covers you in case of any defects, if anything that purchased that, that may have happened before you purchased that property. And the best way I've always liked to just uh, kind of talk about the title policy is it's kind of like with your auto insurance. You're paying for insurance coverage on your on your vehicle in case of something happening in the future, such as an accident, a hailstorm damages your vehicle, you know, any things that could happen. And same thing as your home coverage. Those are possibilities of what could happen in the future. Whereas a title policy is covering you and protecting you from anything that happened in the past. So if I could put it in another translation, I think Jeff is, I try to explain it this way is that look, we're title needs to make sure it's clear and there's nobody can lay claim to it. Now it has happened evidently in the past where somebody is a, uh, the third child of, 20 generations ago says, hey, wait a minute, I own property and I did not approve to sell that. And I'm going to lay claim back to this. And 
you're there really to make sure that is clean when they're buying a brand new home. Is that is, is that a good way to describe that's, that? That's perfect. Yes, that's so, exactly right. But you also talked about that car insurance, insuring something may happen. And so going right into our title, uh, our topic today, can a title or the home title be stolen in this market today? I mean, does your title policy protect against somebody laying claim on my home since it's free and clear, no mortgage on it, but it's out there? Can someone steal my property? Well, let's 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 make a separation there. First of all, yes, someone can lay claim or title to a property that they feel or can prove that they should have interest in. Okay, so let's separate that from then. Can someone steal my property? And I'll I'll give you. I like to always just use examples of experiences we have. Um, even here at Fidelity, we had one not too long ago that uh, we closed a transaction. The seller did not have a will. In that case, we use affidavit of airships. If there's not a will in place, okay, I got to So it's always best to have a will. We've all heard that. Um, you need to have a will, even if you don't finally have something probated, just to have in writing what your wishes are. If you own a property, so if a parent dies and you have three siblings, three heirs to the property. We use affidavit of uh, airship affidavits to say these are sworn statements by someone who knew this family a minimum of 10 years. They're disinterested parties. Often that is a neighbor, a coworker, someone they went to church with. And again, we make sure it's a minimum of 10 years. And that person signs this affidavit stating to the best of my knowledge, I promise you, this is the family and neither of these people who own this property right? Let's say it's the parents, both have passed. Neither of them ever had children outside of their marriage and the three heirs that we have listed below. That's what these affidavits are for. And then at that point, you're dealing with the three heirs to sell that property and they would sign off and then disperse the funds accordingly. That's, that's a very common version that's used. Uh, again, I want anyone that's listening or know it's always best to have some form of will. I mean, you have to go pay a huge ton, uh, you know, a chunk of money to have someone draft that for you. But just something written down and notarized to say your wishes. It is best to use an attorney, of course. But and I think it's a good time to say if anybody listening has questions, get on our website and ask the question. We'll get the answers for you. We've got experts right here. If you don't, you know, at your convenience, ask the question. We'll get you the answer. And Blair, I, I wasn't sure. Maybe because maybe it might be helpful to anybody listening to kind of just give a if I were to give like just a short nuts and bolts of how title passes throughout, you know, from one to the other. So, um, and you know, I, by the time I, by the time I went to law school, I'd already bought and sold, you know, a couple of houses and I went to law school a little bit later in life and I, I had no clue. I mean, yeah, I guess I got title policies on, on all the places that I'd been at, but like, I didn't know what any of it meant. And so it's, just this thing kind of nebulously floated out there. Um, so just from the from like just a, a real low level perspective, um, to own a piece of property, like a, a piece of dirt, a house, whatever you want to call it, um, the current owner, in order for you to get ownership of it, the current owner has to write on a piece of paper, basically, I transfer ownership from me to you. 
and hand you that piece of paper. And what you do is, is once, once you get that piece of paper, you effectively go down to the county recording office and you hand them that piece of paper. They stamp it, they put it in their records, and now it's out there for everybody to see. And so then when you want to sell it to someone else, you do the exact same thing. You get a piece of paper out and you say, I transfer pro you know, ownership of the property from me to you. And they go and do the same thing. Now, where the problem comes in, what problem comes in usually is, or where is, as you back through what's called the chain of title, basically, you know, me to the person for me to the person who's before me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Somewhere down the line, there may have been a split there in the road where, you know, whoever owned it at the time said, you know, wrote a, a deed and said, that's the deeds, the piece of paper that transfers ownership, wrote a deed and said, I give it to you. And then that person went to the right. And then the owner quickly looked around and goes, aha, I give it to you. And then give, give it to the other person. The other person goes to the left. Now you have a race condition. And that is whoever gets to the, the county recording first. Basically, I'm oversimplifying a little bit, but it gets the job done. When you buy a title policy, what Jeff was discussing, you're buying insurance. You're you're ensuring that your chain of title is correct. And so what the title company will do is they'll do a title search. They'll run it back. They'll start from you. They'll go to the person who's supposedly giving you title and they'll just walk it all the way back, sometimes all the way back to the, the state of Texas. I mean, we're in Texas now or wherever you are. They don't usually go that far, but but you can do that. Or you can go down the county records and do it yourself. And then they go all the way back and then they start walking it forward and they see, has it diverged or do we have a title? Um, now, that's the now to get to your question about stealing. Um, <laughs> yes, stealing, stealing a lot of different things. <laughs> Forgery is the worst aspect of what we do have to deal with. Now, is it every single day? No. But but that's what that is what takes place in the industry as far as uh, title uh, when you're transferring title from one person to another. Well, we're able to explain it a lot more out here on the street because, as you guys know, in this market, buyers are now buying title insurance as opposed mm -hmm. to sellers. And they're like, why do I have to buy this? What what good is what is, you know, if you're a first time home buyer, you know, you heard of title insurance. Why do I got to do that? And so we're out here trying to explain why, and that's why we'll call a title company and have them talk directly to you guys. Because I stay in my lane. I'm a realtor. I'm not an insurance guy. So especially a title insurance guy. So that is coming up more and more, and that's why this show is so important. Um, and the stealing is a big deal because. Again, back out here on the streets, when you guys aren't in your office, you're at home getting your mail and you get in the mail every month. You've got to protect yourself against, you know, somebody will steal your house, you know, title fraud, blah, blah, blah. I get that mail all the time. I'm sure you guys do, too. I get Internet ads, which means all of my clients, all of Blair's clients, all of your clients are getting them. And it's becoming more and more out there. So I think this show, again, is important. And if anybody has any questions, welcomehomeradio.com. Come, just go there and ask the question. We'll get you answers. But pay attention. Well, this is welcome a good home show. radio.net. Dot net, yeah. net. Now, I mean, is it really real? Does it happen? It has happened, but so it has happened. It's real in that sense, but it's become a larger or focused aspect of 
the fear and panic version, just like Alan just mentioned. When you're getting a piece of mail that says, are you protected? You know, or if you're if you've heard and they're not as common here in our area as they are in some, uh, I think, more a little bit more in the northeast. But there's there's radio shows. I know I've heard one or two. There's radio shows, not shows, but radio commercials that are. Do you do you really own your home? Are you protected? Our, exactly. Our title protection service will make sure we have 24 seven monitoring of your title so that if anything happens, you're protected. And they're charging once people once they catch you and get your attention with that fear base, then they're drawing you in. And so the fear base is the biggest aspect of what we're hearing, whether it be through an ad in the radio or printed coming in your mailbox and you go absolutely okay so so first off i need to welcome tom so glad you could join us sir glad well, you're here i apologize i clicked on the first show not the second show I that's okay that. and and, and, uh, and i also have to and i've been and i've been reading all my uh car warranty expiring notifications oh yes and sir. I, I was i was pretty much frozen in time about that so i again i apologize if i had yeah well i i still get car warranties on my car that i had back at you know <laughs> a delta 88 1966 you know? um jonathan I, I i know you're not waving at somebody to order another coffee or something i know you're no, keeping your light on my but... lights keep going off i'm gonna like scoot back and <laughs> well, so here's a question I think we want to get out there and we want to help people understand, because like Alan says, people are inundated with data, with marketing, with whatever is let's 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 establish this as the question the, and, and we can hit the pros and cons of both sides. Is title lock a waste of money? And Jeff Duffy's opinion, yes, if you have a title policy. OK, so let's, Jeff let's Duffy's the, opinion, the very basic aspect of what we should remember. And I'm going to talk about the state of Texas. We need to, if somebody has a specific state they're in, they need to shoot an email to us. We'll confirm everything for them. But in the state of Texas, you are not, it is not a law that you are required to obtain a title policy. If you're paying cash for a property, it is not a law to obtain a title policy. I think you are highly uneducated and making a very unsmart decision if you're doing so, but it is not a legal requirement. Now, when you are going to borrow funds, let's say, anywhere from 100 to 500,000 plus to purchase your home, a lender's going to say, hey, we are requiring you to obtain a title policy. We're not lending you this money without that protection. Can I, can I correct one thing on that? Yeah. If you're using a lender, period, no matter how much the amount of the money, they will require a title policy. And, and same and with homeowner's insurance. So you'll and have the reason and for anyone listening, the reason is, is because that's their collateral. That's their insurance of how right. they make sure they get paid, because if their collateral vanishes through a title dispute, uh oh, they've got some problems. So so we've established in Jeff Duffy's opinion, but I really want the lawyer's opinion. <laughs> I want Jonathan's opinion. Is title lock a waste of money, Jonathan? Well, I, I look, I, I can give you, as Jeff said, in his opinion, I can give you Jonathan Gitlin's personal opinion. I will tell you this. I'm not going to tell you it's a waste of money, but I will tell you it seems redundant to me. And let me tell you why. If you, because look, I don't know what they do. I, you know, but from what they advertise, what it sounds like they do is basically just keep running a title search on your on your home. And I mean, 
if you've run a title, if you've got an insurance policy, if you've got a title insurance then you've had a, a title search run on your home already. And I mean, I guess you could keep running it. I'm not sure I see the value in that, but perhaps there's something I don't know. I, I mean, it's up to each person if they want to get a new, because look, if somebody files a new deed, then I mean, you're probably going to have to litigate it unless you can get them to like file a revocation of that deed or something, right? Like, he uses those big words, Tom. I know what he's saying. <laughs> well, you're smarter than me. I know that. I can't get beyond three syllables. Let's keep in mind, too, if these entities or these companies saying they're an additional lock of protection, if they're only charging you, I think they range from 80 to 120 bucks a year. Here's the thing to keep in mind when you purchase a title policy. And again, I'm going to keep referring so many states are alike, but I'm going to refer to the state of Texas. As long as you have interest in your home, that title policy is valid. It's a one time purchase. I think that's big for people to remember, especially yeah. for those who might have maybe you've been in your home 20, 25 years and you don't remember or often they'll call and say, I, I don't even know where my policy is. Well, if you need to reach out to whoever you purchased or excuse me, close that transaction for you, what title company? If you need another copy of it, they are obligated to to make sure you have a copy of that policy. But so, Jeff, right there, that's a good question too. Why does a homeowner? Why do you have to have physical grab? Why do you have to have it? Like, you know, you, you what, what would be a situation where you got to show that to anybody? Uh, only recently do we have times where someone needs to show that is if they are selling their home and something pops up and we go, okay, look, we see a lien that has been filed or we see something of record here. There are times, you know, I don't want to get too deep in it. There are times that maybe the previous owner's mortgage did the, the release was not filed a record. So we would just say, hey, do you, we need to see your title policy to review it to make sure this item was handled. If so they, you as a title company would get a hold of the previous title company and go in their records department and dig that out for the yes. client. And keep in mind, all title companies are regulated by the Texas Department of Insurance. And so at any time, let's say some I've had people go, oh, that title company closed down. Well, no, those records are maintained by, maintained by the by the Texas Department of Insurance. That's a good if point. You right guys there. want a real world. I, I can give you guys a real world example of when you would want to do something like that. So um, uh, this is a case that I. Well, it, it's ready to go. We're going to oversimplify. <laughs> I'm going to oversimplify and, and kind of abstract a little bit. But a case that I had. um so owner He's talking to me, Tom, he's simplifying it for me. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Jonathan. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Owner owns house has two loans, a first and a second ones from, I don't remember. It was like bank of America, you know, standard loans, not hard money loans, just standard went to the bank, got a first, got a second. Okay. Under the, and they both filed deeds of trust, which is the Texas way of saying you had two mortgages securing the, you know, two mortgages on the house. All right. Normally, the rule is first in time, first in right, meaning whoever is whoever's first, you know, let's say it's Bank of America. They took out a loan with Bank of America. Bank of America filed a deed of trust in the in the county records. And then they took out a, 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 a loan with, I, I don't know, J.P. Morgan. OK, and they filed a J.P. Morgan Chase and they filed a deed of trust. So usually the first one, Bank of America is going to if they foreclose, they get it. They're going to wipe the place out. 
there was a what was called a subordination agreement. I have no idea how they got one bank to sign and the other sign it, but basically the first subordinated their position to the second, meaning they really? don't ask me. I got it after all of this. I got it. As, this is in writing. This is okay. This was filed <laughs> record. Public record. Yeah. Okay. And they filed it. They filed so that you got the first deed of trust, the second deed of trust, and the subordination filed of record. It's all in the county, all for everybody to see. All right. First lender forecloses. Now, normally that wipes out the second and you're fine. So person buys it at the foreclosure sale and then turns around and sells it at a commercial sale to another person. Now, the new buyer goes to a title because it's a commercial sale. It's a it's a it's at a, it's done at a title company. They run a title search. It comes back clean. They missed. It wasn't us. So <laughs> they missed the subordination agreement. And so the title company issues a policy. Well, I'm sure you can guess what happens once the once the people, the owners got kicked out after the first foreclosed, they stopped paying everything. And so the second goes, well, I'm not getting paid. And they foreclosed. So and I'm altering the story slightly here, but I'm, I'm simplifying it. All right. <clears throat> Took away from the new owner because that second lien was still live because of the subordination agreement that is when you ring up your title your title policy issuer and say hey <laughs> guess what so what happens what happened guess what what happened well so it, I, I oversimplified so the title company not, paid off the it claim was sold, in the real world it was sold a couple of more times and there was a second title search done and it still came back clean. I, I got it after multiple, like it came to my desk after multiple title searches had already run and, kind of, you know, well, mind blown. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's go back to Ken and, and talk about theft of title. The real estate fraud is what's happening. What is the targeted properties that are normally successful at this sort of thing? Because I'm sure there's a dynamic or demographic view of this that is successful. Uh, I mean, one of the things I would think that are easily targeted over anything else is if you paid off your home, you're more apt for this sort of thing as opposed to somebody that's in a mortgage. Would you agree or disagree? Um. Yes, and sometimes I think they're preying on uh, the elderly that might not, may not understand and know all the rules. That's where I think the fear aspect comes into play. Yeah. Now, when you're talking about theft, um, usually it's it's often also when things are taking place with a transfer of title. Again, let's go back to if my mother has passed and then maybe two years later, father has passed and all the heirs are not aware. And I'll, I'll give you an exact quick story. We had a deal closing. We were five days out and I received a phone call. Everything was clean on title. Just like Jonathan said, this does happen. Everything, but we did a title search is showing clear. And this lady calls and says, hey, by the way, you're about to close in a deal that is fraudulent. And we have to pay attention to that, obviously. I, you know, we have to find out who this person is and what is taking place. But once the parents had passed in this case, there was a will. The will was not probated. One of the heirs found themselves someone, uh, an attorney and a notary. They basically duped 
they forged that will. They scratched it, made changes to it, then had it notarized. This heir then took that property and sold it without the other heirs ever knowing it. They found out about it eight years later in the process of the new owner selling it. That's when we got the call. So it sounds like a lot of these problems have to do with people when there's death involved and a will isn't up to date or something wasn't done probate wise or something. Is that kind of the message here? Because I'm listening to what, um, you know, Jonathan and you both kind of said, redundant. Blair's point is right on. Who's a target? Well, I don't care the target is. If it's redundant, then it should be redundant. Mm-hmm. So it seems like if, as long as you keep your, your life in order and your death, these things generally won't happen. Is that correct? I think that's a good mindset and frank way to put it. Jonathan, would you not agree? I mean, I think it's definitely harder. If your paperwork is in order, it's definitely harder. So Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. There's a, I was just going to, I was just going to say, you know, it's, and I'm I'm not self-promoting here, but the way I put it is I, I think, I think, if people used lawyers more, they'd have to use them less. So if you basically, if you use lawyers on the front end more, that's just, that's my opinion. It sounds kind of self-promoting, but okay. I, 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 no, no, a lot of times, I'll tell you a lot of times. Let's be honest. We're all here self-promoting. So you're <laughs> cool. Well, a lot of times I get cases where, you know, if, if, if somebody had gone to a lawyer, you know, at the front end. That makes sense. They wouldn't even need me now, right? Sure. And well, every real estate contract clearly states, consult an attorney. You have a choice right off the bat. And every realtor I know worth their salt says, I'm not a lawyer. I am not an attorney. Get and, an and attorney. I make it sound like people are, are, you know, look, I get it. I've had to use attorneys and I hate it. They're expensive and it's obnoxious, but here we are. That's self-promoting too. Uh, <laughs> Blair, keep in mind, we've also heard the stories, and it's been a few years ago. If y'all remember, there was someone in, in a state penitentiary who managed to forge some documents and take possessions of take, you know, take title, not one want to say possession of several properties. Keep in mind when things start changing sooner or later, like the new buyer, whoever this guy was that forged the documents and ran that scam while he was in the state prison. If I, if I had purchased that property from him or somebody representing him, when I show up to that property and Blair Thomas walks out on his front porch and saying, this is not your house. I have never sold my house. I mean, there's the clash. I mean, it's good. It's, it's going to come out in the open. You know, does that make sense? And that person will be, will be, a you know, caught for fraud. I guess what I want to make sure I, I, I like to define things. Okay. There's a target entity or a target group uh, of seniors. Uh, if your home is paid off, if you're you're clear of 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 many things, you you might be easier prey than others. But also, I'm trying to simplify because I'm I, I'm sorry. My same opinion is like you, Jeff, uh, is that I think title lock is a waste of money and time. And because what happens if I just simply freeze my credit? I mean, that's it doesn't cost you any money. It locks down my credit. You know, is locking or freezing your credit adding that layer of protection for this? Not to my knowledge. I, I don't want to. I want to stay in my lane towards the credit aspect yeah. because. Uh, but I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but I I don't even want to try to pretend I know the answer to that. Sure. Well, no, my my identity did get stolen, and I did lock down, and that's been a blessing. 
Um, it's a lot of hassle to get, get with the FTC. You get with everybody, Federal Trade Commission, FBI. It's all horrible. But this seems different to me because you're really living your life every day, and all of a sudden you get the knock on your door, and it's not your house anymore. And when you read those ads, when you read the ads. Are, are you guys understanding him? Okay. When you read the ads, they all have a case of, don't let this happen to you. You know, Joe Blow, after seven years, lost their home or whatever. So I think it goes back to the marketing being done by these companies. It's very effective. And the public's dealing with it. And again, to reiterate, because buyers are buying title insurance now, it's coming up a lot more often. Well, why do I got to pay for that? I mean, I thought I bought my last house, seller paid for it. Or, you know, well, that's a seller's market. You're trying to get the house. We're overpaying for it. And this is another way to overpay. But it's an important part of the deal. You know, you got to have, you, you really want to have clear title. And um, so it's coming up a lot. That's, it's just a, it's a, it's an issue all of a sudden. Look, there's, um, there's, there's, you know, if somebody's going to forge a deed and file it with the county and show some sort of transfer, right, um, from whoever to whoever, and now they're making a claim that that you don't own your home, there are penalties attached to filing fraudulent instruments with the county, right? Like that's, I mean, so it's not, it's not like you can just, I mean, it's not like there's not consequences if you're going to try to pull it off. Now, if, if. Unless you're in jail already. Well, all right, I mean, fair enough. But, yeah. but I mean, but I mean, here's the thing. If you want to take, if you want to do, if you want to do anything with it, and I'm, this is not like how to commit a crime 101, right? Like this is like, but if you want to do anything with it, you're basically going to have to either number one, um, kick the person out or to sell it, right? Or, or right. engage in some sort of transaction with it. Um, lease it, rent it, take out a, it. It doesn't matter. But but I mean, at the end of the day, what, you're, what you will probably have to do is you will have to go to a court and get the court to adjudicate uh, like who's got the, who's got title, whose title is superior, who's got the better title. And, and I mean, if you're running a low end scam, it's going to be a, it, it ought to be a quick lawsuit. I mean, like just bam, 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 right? Like that's it. Now, if you want to, again, this is not how to commit, you know, <laughs> stealing. But if you well, look, look, hold on, there's ways of, I mean, again, that's why I started this whole thing with what do you mean by steal? Like, right. Like, so there's ways of getting title to property that are legit that, you know, yeah. you and I in common parlance would be like, well, that's stealing. It's not really stealing, but to us, it feels like it. Right. So for example, um, homeowner association foreclosures, that feels like stealing to us, right? Like somebody goes and, and buys a foreclosure on a homeowners association lien for like a couple of thousand dollars and they walk away with a couple of hundred thousand dollar property. Uh, now, again, you know, this is not, more often than not, there's going to be, a, you know, a first lien on there. And, and if there's a homeowners association foreclosure, the lender's going to pay it off and, and, you know, probably going to pay it off and like absorb it into the loan and then foreclose themselves and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, it, it's not quite as easy as, I'm, as as it sounds from the way I'm talking. But but I mean, 
actual fraud in terms of instruments where I just write something on a piece of paper and then I file it with the county, that's not in my in my almost 13 years of practice. I have a, it seems unlikely that's going to get something. Well, it goes back again, I think, to the marketing going out to the public. And I love what Jeff's response was, which is going to be mine. Redundant. It's redundant. Redundant. And I'm going to live with that. And they can do their own research after that because it's up to them. And whatever makes them happy is, is great. So, again, if you have any questions, welcomehomeradio.net. Ask them. We'll get them answered. Yes. And, and again, I love what Alan always says. He likes staying in his lane. And so one of our sponsors is Champion School of Real Estate. Tom, help us understand what Champions does for real estate lenders and appraisers and so forth real quick. Well, just first thing I want to emphasize is we will not make you an, an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> Nor could it's you. Not, it's not that real estate. Matter of fact, we tell them, get an attorney. <laughs> but if you're interested in practicing real estate, if you uh, want to buy and sell, if you're interested in investment, we have great investment classes. Uh, if you're interested in becoming a home inspector or an appraiser, or even better, loan officer. Uh, if you want to do any of those pursuits, uh, you need to call Champion School of Real Estate as uh, soon as possible and talk with one of our very uh, esteemed counselors and let them guide you through the process of pursuing and making a career change for the best. So thank you for that. And thank you for the sponsorship of Welcome Home Radio. Uh, again, you can find us on welcomehomeradio.net as well as YouTube and Facebook. I've got to go into guys real quick as we close down, wind down this show. I think we've established, you know, title lock and other things are, are redundant. But again, we've got a fuzzy market here, a very upheaval with probably a recession in the next five to 12 months. Inflation is going out. Uh, the Fed is increasing rates, but yet, when a recession happens, rates generally go down. Um, we've got a lot of turmoil taking place. What do you see in the real estate market? Do you see a consistency? Do you see a concern over the horizon? What is it that you guys can give our listening audience an insight from your vantage point of what the market's going to be like the rest of this year? And we understand it's a swag. It's your swag, but I'm going to give you the platform to give it. I love that word swag, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, as a realtor, it's busy, but there's there's no big news here. There's not much inventory. Um, getting people homes has been extremely difficult. If you list a home, it's brutal too because you get you get ten offers, twenty offers, thirty, and you get ninety requests to show a house. The seller's going through it. If you get thirty offers, it's twenty nine people that are disappointed. And that magnifies week after week, month after month. And it's been magnifying. So part of what we do to stay in our lane as a realtor now is to become a counselor to our clients and try to educate them. And they know they're not going through this alone, but at the end of the day, they're not getting the home. So the American dream for some right now is really tough. Uh, and um, it, it, it seems like we're in a rich get richer type mode. If you have the money, you can overpay and you can completely waive any loan and, you know, appraisal that is. 
um, and, and pay the difference. Those people are winning and they're winning for silly amounts for houses. So, but I see the real estate market is staying solid, at least in our market, the demand is going to continue high. I won't call it healthy because not everybody can get involved in it, but, uh, and there are exceptions. So I know it happens, but in general, that's what's going on. It's tough on lenders. I'm sure it's tough on title. And I know it's tough on our clients. And, uh, but that said, it's not going to be like 2006 or seven or whatever we went through back then. That was totally different in my opinion. And, and I went through it and survived it and it helped me a lot after that. So, but I would say, you know, if you're an investor and you own homes, renting is definitely on the rise. You see developers now buying subdivisions and they're going to be for lease only homes. There's two in Dallas Fort Worth market right now uh, that are being developed. And that's a little uneasy for a first time home buyer. So they're already having to move way out of town to get a new home at a price they can afford. And that's kind of how I see it right now, but it's going to stay busy. Um, and I think there's going to be issues moving forward, but you know, I'm a never, I'll never give up. You know, I, I love what I do and I love when I hand people the keys and I, you know, I love the business. So that's, that's my take on it. My swag. Okay. Who else? So for us, I, I would say, yes, it's going to stay busy and it just depends on the area that you live. And, and Tom, you may, or, you know, Alan, you may know more than I. I just realized, found out yesterday that uh, Florida, a lot of that area is in the same place we are with people offering so much more over at a listing price. And I was just informed this morning of someone locally, their their buyers offer $201,000 over list and they lost it to a cash offer. $200,000 over that listed property. And it's a nice, a nice house about almost 700,000. And I can tell you, Jeff, I do referrals, Portland, Seattle, San Francisco. There's, you know, other markets, all Denver, it's happening everywhere. So go ahead. So from the title side, I do, I see it remain busy. I'm not sure about refis, what you guys are seeing, but keep in mind the challenges that Alan and other agents and everyone in the air market are going through getting these contracts together and putting up with, when I talk to my team about by the time you, you get that signed contract together, the hardest part of the work has been done. You know, I mean, that, not that the closing that 30 day window, let's say as on average is, is simple, but I see and talk to my team about you guys are coming to us like Braveheart with painted faces and you've got, here's our contract. You're waving it. We, we finally got it executed after 12 offers or 12, you know, whatever it took to get to that point. So we don't face the same challenges uh, just getting the offer, you know, finalized and executed. Uh, but we're, we're here to support and then find, you know, finish the process, of course. That's appreciated because it is by the Very time we get it all signed, it's like, whew. <laughs> I think these guys have, I, I agree with these guys. There's a couple of things. I think lend, lending is going to get harder for two reasons. Uh, uh, Blair, you mentioned the Fed. I agree with you. I think the Fed's going to, this is just my opinion. I think the Fed's going to be raising rates. Um which will cause you know other lending institutions to, to that point i i will bring up just to edify uh real quick the next six meetings from the fed that minimum they promised to raise a quarter of a point chase is assuming they're going to raise a couple of those at a half a point so that at least gives us a 1.75 up to two and a half percent interest rate increase this year alone 
Well, and the reason here's the thing: the Fed looks at two things to to determine interest rates. I think there's three factors that really go into this. The Fed looks at two things: it looks at unemployment and it looks at inflation. And and, and like you mentioned, inflation is is heating up. It just it is what it is. Um, number one and number two, unemployment is at a historic low. So I mean, and when unemployment is low, you've got people with cash in their pockets to spend, which further heats up inflation. And so the Fed is going to want to keep, I mean, obviously the Fed wants to keep unemployment low, but they want to really make sure you don't have inflation. Um, also on top of that, because of 2008, I mean, the, the Fed has had historic lows for, you know, over a decade now. So, I mean, it was inevitable. So I, I think you're going to start seeing, I think you're going to start seeing the price of borrowing money going up across the board, which is going to be. I hard. agree. I But again, the Fed rate does not, match or does not directly impact interest rates those that is just an indicator and i will also say that unemployment number even though you are factual jonathan in that that's what's reported there are a lot of people choosing not to work at all they are receiving benefits they are receiving other things that they choose not to go for jobs or even work there's so much work available and they can't find qualified people to do it and com business companies are just struggling finding good employees. So I think there's a lot of things going on that are allowing for people not to be employed like the federal programs that have been pushed out in the last 18 months. So I, I agree, inflation's, I, what's being reported and what the real inflation number is not even, to me, it's close, it's double digit okay. and it's just increasing. I and think some of the general laws of the of money, let's say, economics, are not necessarily applying right now like they used to align. Used to be raised interest rates, inventory came up, more people could come into the market, you still had to pay the higher interest rate. But it seems like it's, you know, interest rates are going up, demand is still going up, and I don't know how high they could go with that to stop. Demand. Well, and that leads to my second point. I did to 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 get to what you said earlier is is inventory is super low, and I have a number of clients and, and other people I'm, you know, who builders they come to me. The problem is, is, I mean, you've got a lot of problems. One of the problems is is that the the supply chain and the labor market is still super tight. They can't, absolutely they can't yeah. build them fast enough to get them out the door, and and. and so that's going to be raising prices as well. And so sure. it's it's painful. Like you said, if you're coming from California, if you're coming from Seattle, if you're coming from somewhere where like the market's already been like super expensive, you can come to Texas and just be like, here's, you know, 300,000 over market and I want this house. And then you have asset management companies from all over the world and all over the United States buying up our stuff. Yep. And it's legal. They can do it. They're in to make money and they certainly are making money. But it's hard to compete with cash, as you said, $201,000 over and they didn't get the house. So well, that's just I, wrong. Guys, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time. We, we definitely, I think we've figured out that this title theft, title lock is redundant. Uh, title companies do their job wonderfully involved. And again, Jeff, you said it best. If you're dealing with a cash offer, which we just talked about, cash is king, uh, you highly recommend that a title search, title be done before the purchase. But a lot of times that some of that can be avoided. So I thank you for your time. I thank you for the opportunity to visit with you and taking the time today. 
And uh, again, find us at welcomehomeradio.net on Facebook, on YouTube, and on the many blogs that we have. Uh, so again, thank you so much. I'm Blair Thomas. And I'm Tom Holm. I'm Alan Pace. God bless. Have a great rest of your week.